Well, this passage that I'm going to be speaking was from what I did last week at the church I attend, Open Door Fellowship, in their First John series. So it is that fresh to me. And I want you to know that the uh, thoughts that come out, especially near the end of this message, uh, I conceived and uh, largely wrote before the assault on the Capitol. Also, I want you to be aware that um, I, I have, I was young growing up in that time when Bobby Kennedy was assassinated and when Martin Luther King was shot. And so I carry that with me, like a lot of us do. And so I have interspersed in this message statements because I think Martin Luther King Jr. would love this passage and probably preached this passage. So I, I have interspersed uh, in moments words that he has, that he said in his lifetime. Born January 15th, 1929, and his life ended April 4th, 1968 in Memphis, Tennessee. And he said these words, the ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. And so that speaks to this man, and it influences a lot of what I get to say near the end. So if you have those slides in front of you, you'll see 1 John. And I'm going to read from there right now. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, he abides in him and he in God. And we have come to know and believe the love which God has for us. God is love, and the one who abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this, love is perfected with us, so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment, because as he is, so also are we in this world. See, there's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves punishment. And the one who fears is not perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. Now, if someone says, I love God and hates his brother, who are you kidding? He's a liar. For the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how's he going to love God whom he has not seen? And so this is the commandment that we have from him that the one who loves God should love his brother also. Now, remember, as you're going through 1 John, these are not behaviors of love that we perform to become a Christian, but love that we express because we are Christians. This is not, oh my gosh, I'm not keeping up, maybe I'm not a Christian. No, this is to encourage your heart that you are a Christian and this is what he's doing in you. So if 
if I had an outline behind me, it would look like this. All the things that love does. Love th 13 and 14, love replaces unbelief. 13 and 15, love pre replaces aloneness. 16, 17, and 19, love replaces immaturity. And then in that maturity, love replaces fear and love replaces hate. The word in, in, in verse 14 is theomai. We've seen and we testify. To, it means to steadfastly and deliberately come contemplate so so John would be saying and and he would be saying of us as for us we we deliberately and steadfastly we contemplated we looked at it we searched we looked at him and now we're testifying that the father has sent the son as savior of the world and verse 15 says whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God God abides in him, and he in God. Uh, whoever confesses, can, he confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, and thus God the Son, and thus very God of very God. So it replaces unbelief, and then love immediately replaces aloneness. It says, um, we abide in him. Wow. The one who abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. Is that crazy? Verse 13, by this we know that we abide in him and he in us. Verse 15, whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. New birth. This is this is not. Oh, if I if I'm good enough, I'll abide in Him. No, this is exactly what happens to you once and for all. The moment you put your hope that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and He took your place for all the hits that you should have taken. And so uh, it's the word meno means to dwell. It's it's. What more intimate action, what more tender action could God take than to say, I want to live where you live. Will you allow that to happen? Would you let me live with you? And would you let come live with me? I mean, three times in the paragraph. 13, we dwell in him, he in us. God dwells in him, verse 16, and he in God. Uh, uh, 15, and then 16, he dwells in God and God in him. Crazy. I, I guess I sort of get me dwelling in God. But him coming into my craziness? Are you kidding me? You want to dwell in... My mind is a tough neighborhood sometimes. You want to come dwell in me? And that's exactly what he says. Wow. I, I, I have this... I think 35 years ago, I first performed this little bit, and, and it's never fit anywhere in Scripture, and, and in this passage, it actually fits. So 35 years later, I'm going to use it. Okay, so you're in a tough town. 
You're in a cold town. It's a big city. It's the middle of winter. And you have no place to stay except for this one dump about nine floors up in a 15-floor efficiency, a studio. And you got a slumlord who runs the place. The place is a joke. It's terrible. It's freezing. The, the heater works like some of the time. There's, there's a, a sink, and it has running water, but it's all rust water. It's pitiful. There's no window in the place except for in the bathroom. There's a smell of sewage. And you can't find it. Just smell of sewage constantly. And there's very little furniture except like some, just some very bare furniture and one light. A little pool string in here. But you've got to pay. It's your only place you could stay. It's 4500 bucks a month. And the landlord, he comes... Every now and then, he comes knocking, hey, hey, it's me. And he knocks, but then he doesn't wait for you to answer. He just jams the door open. And he's, he's huge, he's huge. He looks like Beowulf. I mean, he's got this long stringy hair and he's got, wearing a mustard colored jumpsuit. And he, and he chews tobacco and it's all over his chin and he's, He's spitting it constantly. He spits it on the floor and says, I'm going to charge you for that. I mean, he's mean. I got papers. I'm telling you what. You've got to pay. You've got to pay. It's time to pay. Yes, I asked you two weeks ago, but I'm asking you again. I'm not asking you. I'm telling you. And I don't know what to do. Because, um, because it's the only place in town. So I, I pay and I get further and further behind. And um, now I'm taking out loans just to pay the loans that help keep me behind. And I lived that way for a long time. Then one day, um, there's no knock at the door, but uh, I just sense I had to go answer the door and I do. And I open it and I look out in the hall. The hall's usually always dark because there's no light. It saves him money. But the hall light, there's hall light all over. It is brightly lit and this person in front of me says, may I come in? Yeah. And he comes in and the first thing he says is, I am so sorry. This place is a, this is terrible. I'm well, first thing we're going to do, we're going to knock out a wall and we're going to get you a view. You've got a great view right outside this wall. We're going to put a balcony for you and some nice chairs. We'll get this heater working. We'll get the sink, get the rust out of that sink. And I was, I was thinking we should put in a skylight. Yeah, you're ninth floor of 18, but still. <laughs> I think we can do it. All right, um, get you better lighting. We'll get you better furniture. Give me just a little bit of time. Um, and oh, by the way, uh, the landlord, he's gonna come back. Uh, first I stop it and I say, wait, 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 wait. Before you do anything, I can't afford this, okay? I, I paid I pay 4,500 and he says, uh, I didn't mention that, did I? It's free. You could stay here for free. In fact, I'd like to live with you here, if you wouldn't mind. 
Yeah, I, I'd love if you wouldn't mind. I'm gonna, I'm gonna add an extra bedroom in here, and I'll live here with you. Oh, by the way, the, the, he's gonna come back. The guy is gonna come back because he, he's who he is, and he, it doesn't belong to him anymore. But he's gonna come back and yell like he's got some right. He's gonna try and get some more money out of you. And so all you do when he comes, don't try to do anything else. Just tell him, um, I think you need to take it up with the new landlord. And of course he knows he does. Well, I gotta tell you guys, everything changes. I mean, it is incredible what's going on now. They've knocked out the wall. There's work going on, a skylight. I don't know how he does it, but there's a skylight in my place now and, and new, whatever that stuff was before now, it's got beautiful wood floors and wonderful furniture and clean water. I, he does a double osmosis thing that just surprises me. It is stunning. And then one day, hey, it's me. <laughs> Boom, he slams down the door, spits and says, I'm gonna charge you for, what is this? What are you doing? What can't You can't do this. You can't make these chicks. We got an HOA here. I'm going to charge you for this. Oh, am I going to charge you for this? And um, my first thought is, I should, just, I should just ignore him and he'll go away. But he's got these papers and he's constantly going this way. And then I think, you know what? I got the new landlord on my side. I'm gonna fight him. That's what I'm gonna do. But that's stupid because he's big and he's strong and he'll knock you down and he'll get that tobacco juice all over your shirt. And then I remember what he said, what the new landlord said. He said, um, don't try to fight him. Don't ignore him. Just tell him this. Uh, um, <clears throat> I think you're, uh, I think you're gonna have to take it up with him. And he'll yell. He yells, he screams, he says, no, but I got papers, I got papers, I got papers. But eventually he knows that uh, he does have to take it up with him. And then I no longer keep paying because I am a new creature with Christ living inside of me. And where the, the old landlord had power and I kept paying for so many years, I'm no longer that person anymore. It really has changed. In a moment in time, when he came to abide in me In 13 of that passage, uh, he, he says, By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he's given up on his spirit. Any single time you find yourself, because the most real you doesn't want to get away with anything, the most real you with Christ in you wants to love. And whenever it happens, that's what the Holy Spirit does. He says, Did you see that kid? Did you see what you just did? Yes, you abide in him. You, you belong to him. He, he's your God. 
You're doing it, Peter. Right out of hook. Well, then love replaces immaturity. I start to grow up with these realities. Verse 16 says the whole motivation in salvation is the love that God has for us. You love me that much? No longer am I going to try to perform for you, to try to love you enough. I'm going to let you love me. We have come to know and we believe the love which God has for us. You say that that's what you want most of all, then I, I let you love me. And he says, no. It's that word, gnosko. You know that word. Oida says, uh, I know, as in I empirically understand. Gnosko says, I've come to experience it. I've experienced this love of God. And what those two do, they merge in to grow me up. Just those two. Me allowing him to love me and me starting to experience who he is so that I don't want to try to get away with anything. And so that I'll let him, I let him, I trust him with me. He says, you grow up. That's, that's what this verse says. Verse 17 says, by this, love is perfected with us. Now, now, now perfected doesn't mean without flaw. This word perfected means um, to become whole or to be to mature. Wow. The mature, then watch this, what happens? The mature who have trusted who they are, they lose their fear and they lose their need for hatred. Because most of the basis for my hatred is fear. I love how he orders it that way. Um, so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in the world. There's no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear because fear involves punishment. And the one who fears is not perfected in love. I think most of us, I, I know I did as a kid, I was told that there's this, uh, when you get right before the pearly gates, there's a movie about your life and all the things you've done wrong. Oh, you want in, do you? <laughs> Roll tape. Okay, let's take a look here. Do you remember this? Of course you don't, but I do. <laughs> I remember this. Oh, this one. Remember you were trying to keep it from me? Well, um, I'm going to have to tell you I saw it. And yes, Doc, I, I am going to need that at some point. I'm not sure how I will get down there. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much. And so I always lived with that sense that uh, I'm going to get caught. And that's what he's talking about, that fear that senses judgment. And now he says, no, that's not who you are. As you are in this world, so am I. And as I believe it, I realize the only movie that's going to be shown in heaven is the one involving what Jesus has done for us. Amen? And that takes away my fear. And now, that fear, if you watch right now, 
the craziness, when you watch craziness of hatred happening, you look one step back and it's immature fear. And so, um, love replaces fear. That phobos is the actual word uh, where we get our phobia from. And then love replaces hate. The perfected love that casts out fear casts out hatred now also. Martin Luther King says, I've decided to stick with love because hate is too great a burden to bear. And so in verse 19 here, he says, we love because he first loved us. This is the starting point of everything. We receive his love. And then from there, because it's in us, you guys, it's not something I have to drum up or get enough raindrops coming down from heaven. It's in me. It's who I am on my worst day. And as I believe it, it not only casts out fear, but it casts out hatred. John says, don't kid me about loving me if the people that you can see in front of you, you don't love. Don't, don't play that game. Okay, so what does it look like? This love. Well, first of all, at least in 1 John, it is specifically talking about brothers and sisters. The ones that you're closest to sometimes. The ones that you do stuff with. The ones that you hurt and get hurt by. The ones that you end up arguing with because you're close enough to have permission to argue. And the command, he says in verse 21, here's the command, he says... This is a command that we have from him, that the one who loves God should love his brother also. What's, what is that command? It's all the way back, the same writer, back in John, the Gospel of John. He says, I'm going to give you a new command, that you love one another even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Wow, there it is. By the way, this command, this John 13, 34, it is not the 11th commandment. It is a whole new order of commandment. This is the new covenant commandment. In fact, it's really not even a commandment because it's asking you to, it's telling you to do what you already want to do. The most real me wants to love you. A whole new order of commandment. And for the first time, there's a group of people who when they obey a command or try to obey a command, it doesn't cause them to rebel. That's who you are. That's who you are. So, so he says, that's the command. And I know my first thought as I look around at the people that I know is, do I have to? Could we make it something else? Do I, could, could I love some of them? Like, like the ones that like me? Could we make the evidence of loving you, God, something else? I mean, humans are hard. I mean, they're fine in concept and from a distance. But when one hurts me, I get inflamed and I never want to see him again. Even if I make an attempt at forgiveness, sometimes if I'm being honest, I'm thinking, hey, I don't like you. I'm just doing this because I don't want the Holy Spirit waking me up at night. <laughs> now, here it is. The rap against grace is that it doesn't give you much to do. 
Have you heard that? Raise your hand if you've heard that before. Yeah. At least the law gives you something to do. But can you imagine anything which gives you more to do than genuinely loving the unlovely? It's the hardest work in town. It's so difficult, only grace can accomplish it. So smack dab in the middle of that thought of you and I loving each other, Paul writes in Ephesians, and you've got it in front of you, I just, he says, therefore I prisoner of the Lord, chapter four, I'm gonna implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling of which you've been called, and here it is, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing deference for one another, and here it is again, in love, within the sphere of love. I want you to be diligent, diligent, like more than anything else, I want you to be diligent to preserve the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. I want you to be so stinking diligent to preserve this unity as higher priority than any lesser humility or any other lesser unity. This, this one right here with these people that you've been asked to love, this one, you protect it at all freaking costs. Why? Why, so that our potlucks will go better? No, here's the reason. John says it. Later on in, in the same gospel, remember the high priestly prayer? I in them and you in me, that they may be, and here it is again, perfected, made whole, matured in unity. Why? So that the world may know that you sent me and loved me even as you have loved me. Wow. So that's why I love you, huh? That's why I get perfected in unity. It's because people can see it on us. They watch it on us when it's true. If it isn't true, they go, they call us hypocrites. They just say, I, I, I can get hypocrisy over here, thank you. But when they watch us love each other, think of that. God doesn't use our Christian values to draw others to Jesus. God doesn't use our political rightness to draw others to Jesus. God doesn't use our blasting sinners to draw them to Jesus. God uses our love of each other to draw others to Jesus. Period. That's why Martin Luther King Jr. says, our unity is our strength. Now think about what he does. Oh, this is the best. This is the strangest group of people ever put together as the body of Christ. Read over to Colossians. Look at the game that he puts together. 3.11. This renewal is in which there's no distinction between Greek and Jew and circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave and freeman. No, no, but Christ is all in all. It is the funkiest collection of human beings. People who should, these people, these people were sworn enemies who now knelt under the authority of the king of kings and suddenly they had a higher value, a higher allegiance. It is so 
beautiful what he's doing, what he has the power to do in us. There's no other group like it. That this unity would transcend any other possible issue and you and I could play like kids. We could play because of what's true in us. That's why Martin Luther King says, love is the only force capable of transforming, transforming an enemy into a friend. Now, and here's where I apologized last week to my community where I said, um, I tried so hard and I wrote so carefully, but I may still violate you because I don't usually do this. So I will say the same to you. We have been in and we are in a perfect storm of shocking conditions that evil has manipulated to tempt us to question preserving the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. A pandemic uh, locked us away from each other and gave us unprecedented internet time to read who we could and should blame all this on, who our enemies were. Time to read articles that yell why we should be divided from one another by sudden experts claiming unswageable credibility. Protests more deeply exacerbated sides, the media fan, the flame of division and derision and hatred. And it all finally got inside the wire. We started demanding our rights, forgetting that scripture says we are aliens with no rights in this system. And strangers without a home in the system. In fact, that's why he gives us a home. And we got drawn into anger and blame and tearing down and gossiping and judging. Love demands that we not be silent in the face of injustice against the innocent and the voiceless, but love does not call for hate-filled noise in the place of silence. That's what Martin Luther King Jr. said. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hatred cannot drive out hatred. Only love can do that. Love does not demand that we enjoy everyone the same. Love does not demand that we can't disagree. Love does not demand that we can't declare loudly conspiracy theories. Love does not demand that we don't have strong takes. Love does not demand that we have to stay in the same place if it doesn't fit us anymore. But Christian love, this thing that you signed up for, you guys, it goes so deep. If I speak with the tongues of men and angels and I don't have love, I'm just, I'm just noise, amplified noise. Clanging symbol, bing, 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 bing. If I don't have love, I have nothing. Love is kind, it is not arrogant. This is who you are, by the way. It does not act unbecomingly, it does not seek its own, it's not provoked, it does not take into account a wrong suffered. 
how much identity in Christ and trust and security and who he says you are do you have to have for that to be true? It does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. It bears all things, it hopes all things. Love never fails. Love does not gossip or mock or spread rumors or tear one another down. Love does not create teams of us and them. Love does not find others to take with us in discarding commitment. Love does not let fear become our driving motivation. Love does not model disunity to the world. Love does not equate political unity with unity in Christ. Love does not allow the world to decide who we get to love. Love does not elevate any country over God's love for the world. Love does not devalue any particular ethnicity. Love does not let the unhealthily divisive yell at us who we are to hate. Love does not lob hand grenades from behind a wall of anonymity. Love just doesn't hate. Even those who are messing with our world. Love does not hate. See, you gave all that up the moment you put your hope in Jesus. You got a lot, but you lost some things. Here's what love does, though. Love keeps coming back. Even after friendships seem to be ruined. Love discovers the ability to own when I've done wrong. Love finds the ability to apologize, ask forgiveness, make amends. Love finds the ability to forgive those who have harmed your reputation. Love submits under the way Jesus sees life. Love stands with believers who believe politically incredibly different from us. And love plays no favorites. It just, it loves whoever God brings in the door. And love pursues innocence. It draws closer to weakness and to failure. Love trusts leaders with integrity in our faith communities who have earned that trust. Love meets needs. Love Love discovers the needs of our opponents. And love has the humility to admit I could be wrong in my opinions. See, there are many religious systems which will allow you to hate each other. This just doesn't happen to be one of them. See, there is an art to winning the heart through the new nature. Anybody can use the flesh, that unregenerate part of me, by provoking people to shame or anger or competition or division or insult or attack or rumor or innuendos. Anybody, a monkey can do that. But to woo the heart, to call out my new nature and find, how do I speak to you that speaks to Christ in you so that I can win your heart? That's with my children, that's with my friends, that's in this season. 
That's the art form that you and I get to learn together and it changes the world. So if we discover we've not been diligent to preserve the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace, let's say we, we discover that. Hmm. Let's say the spell breaks and the blinders are taken off of my eyes. What would I do? I guess I would go to God and say, thank you. And then I would own it. I would ask for forgiveness for whoever I wronged that I know of. I would make amends. I would do, I would try to do, undo what it is that I have tarnished in that other person. And maybe I would, at all costs and all risk, I would return to authentic recommitments of love. Now, the pandemic has robbed us from being together. This is so beautiful what you guys are doing. You say, no, we're not gonna play that. We are gonna see each other face to face. We'll find whatever we've gotta do to be together. See, there has to be a context for our love to grow and to return. So now slowly, guys, that's our marching orders. We get to find each other again. We get to be diligent about preserving the spirit of the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace so that the world will watch and say, I'm not even seeing you with your friends. I just see something that is believable. I think the spell in the body of Christ, I don't know, but it feels like, like the spell in the body of Christ while the world rages, that we're starting to find each other, that the spell is breaking. My brothers and sisters, it is such a privilege to say these things to you. And I thank you for the permission. I rarely speak like I just spoke in those last 10 minutes. Thank you for letting me do it. I want to end with one statement by Martin Luther King. He says, I refuse to accept the view that mankind is so tragically bound to the starless midnight of racism and war that the bright day break of peace and brotherhood can never become a reality. I believe that unarmed truth and unconditional love will have the final word. Father God, this sacred, uncommon community, I, I give them to you. They have been a gift to me and to this community, and you are using them to carry others who have not put their trust in you. You're using them, God. Let this message pour over in any way you want. Be glorified. We love you, Lord. Amen.